Hi, welcome to Comic Talk. I'm Joshua. I'm Drew. This week, we're going to talk about Seven to Eternity, Volume 1. This is uh, The God of Whispers. This is uh, Rick Remender and Jeremy Apina. Oh, and Matt Hollingsworth on coloring. So did you read um, Six to Eternity? No, I started at four. Yeah. Yeah, I read five was five, really good. Yeah. And then I, I skipped six. Yeah. Went right to seven. Because mm-hmm. six is the number of the beast. And I don't... I'm not down with that clown. Yeah. So this is... Uh, so you're probably going to skip 13 to Eternity as well. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. This is... Uh, again, this is by Rick Reminder. Uh, Jeremy Apina, who he did Uncanny X-Force with, which uh, I think we should get to that one eventually. Okay. Uh, and also Matt Hollingsworth, uh, one of our favorite colorists, was on this for coloring. He colors well. Uh, and so, like, that combination, uh, as well as... Uh, not too long ago, we read The Kents, mm-hmm. and we realized that, hey, Western-themed stuff we kind of like, or at least when it's it good. can be good, yeah. So uh, this is like a sci-fi Western, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a bit of a sucker for sci-fi Westerns, so I thought, yeah, let's do that one. Rick Remender, cool people, uh, mm-hmm. see what we think. So what, what is this about? There's this... I guess, would you call them like mutants or like maybe yeah anyway there's some people that have like special powers and shit and one of them gets the power to like uh see things through other people's eyes and stuff and he becomes like the the king i guess for lack of a better term and shit happens he's not a good dude you know so right and then our protagonist basically is uh the son of the outcast. And yeah, the cursed family who's not about that life. Right. They, they've uh, said no all this time. They don't yeah. want to, you know, buy in. And uh, it comes to a head, and that's where this comes from. Mm-hmm. What was your experience like reading this? Man, I went so up and down with this one, yeah, same. to be honest. Same. Um, it's, it's pretty... I don't know if the right word is high concept, but there's a lot of, I think in like the character design is what I'm getting at. Like the mm-hmm. character design is, is really all over the place and really bizarre. And that was the first thing for me that was off-putting. Like um, just right away, there was just so much weird. Yeah, yeah. And un- unexplainably strange premises. And it's not even st- like the story throughout it's pretty straight fucking forward yeah right but really all the strangeness in this is the characters and like their abilities and how they yeah and the weird animals in their world and all this other shit yeah it starts off as overwhelming it's very heavy in the beginning and yeah it was like super off-putting for me because like that's usually a mark of bad sci-fi is like when they just start into this fucking fantasy talk about like whatever's and whatever's and it's like i None I'm of sure that you had like, anything. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the whole first issue, I was like, between that and then, like, the vernacular that they tried to use, like, the quasi southern kind of thing, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, fuck this. Me too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the first issue is fucking rough. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it looks really neat, but it's just, it is, it's like a million ideas that have some sort of relevance somewhere, uh, but he just, like, fucking throws you into it hard and just, here you go, here's all of it on a plate at once. Yeah. It's, it's and like can, a buffet that you're forced to have a little bit of everything. Yeah, you know? and I can understand, like, you know, not wanting to be like outwardly expository and stuff like that. But you can still regulate the size of the bites that you're insisting mm-hmm. that people take. Yeah. You know? Which, yeah. The the whole first issue was hard. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't give you an inch. You have to work yeah. your way through it. They're talking about these fucking nails that he salvaged from this barn. It's like, why is he saving nails? Like right. are you trying to build another barn? Right. You know? Every everything in the first issue feels like a setup for something else, and there's no payoff hmm. at all in the first issue. So I agree. I had a really rough time on the way in. Uh, did it get better for you? I think so. Yeah. 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 I felt better about it as I went. Mm-hmm. Um, there was. I enjoyed. I mean, the story is like very straightforward, but. At one point, they, uh, well, what you think is going to be the larger story, sort of half to 75% of the way wraps up a lot sooner than you expect it to. And then the real story becomes this, like, other part of that. And uh, I always enjoy that. I mean, that's something that always makes me think of The Simpsons, Mm -hmm. because they always do that. They'll start off, and the episode will be about one thing, and then, like, within the first, like, 10 or 15 minutes, they're doing something, like, completely fucking different that right. may or may not be related. And, uh, yeah, I enjoy that. Right. I agree. It was interesting, especially from the perspective of, like, reading a trade, mm-hmm. right? Because so often with a trade, uh, with some new image series especially, is particularly bad about this. Um, you get to the end, and you got... Nothing. Almost nothing out of it. Like, yeah. you... You have a setup, a reason why you're supposed to read the next one, and that's basically all you're getting. Whereas this really, you get pretty much an entire full, strong story arc out of it mm-hmm. in like three or four issues. Uh, the, I agree. Well, I thought after like the second issue or so that I knew, okay, I, I get the general idea of like, who the protagonists are, who the antagonist is, uh, what the power struggle is going to be in this series. Mm-hmm. And it really does, I'm not, we probably shouldn't be too specific, but moving forward, spoilers probably just to be safe, right? Uh, it really does end up where, you know, like the Mud King isn't, isn't your real antagonist, really. You know, it's, mm-hmm. there's like this whole other thing that's going to happen that, I was curious, like, why is this called Seven to Eternity? Like, who are, what's the seven? Who are these, like, most of these people were in there, but they didn't seem like a a group. They were just people. But it's almost like a prologue, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is almost a prologue to some other, like, sprawling spaghetti western sort of thing that's going to happen now. Right, right, yeah. And this first one is almost just a quick, like, bam, here's a big exciting story with the explosive punching and blowing up kind of resolution you know so um i mean on the takeaway with the story here we how did you feel about 
like the different aspects here. What do you think was the strong point of this? That's a good question. Um, and I'm not so like taken by it that I necessarily think that there is one, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, there's not something that stands out that says I have to like keep reading this because of this. Mm -hmm. But I think probably the inner monologue of like the protagonist, so mm -hmm. to speak, mm -hmm. is probably one of the stronger points. Right. Um, you really start to, I mean, it doesn't only serve to uh, sort of make you feel for the guy or whatever. It's also sort of expository of the antagonist in a way mm -hmm. and just the whole like mystique around this thing, which they're trying to like maintain. And I think they do a good job of that. So. I think so too. Uh, I would agree where really his use of like narration and exposition in the narration is could, a, a lot could be learned by a lot of other guys doing um, sort of out there fair or, you know, um, a lot of the superhero stuff could really do with some better, you know, things more like this in, in terms of how they tell the stories. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it has this really good mix of like building characters through like this narrative, mm -hmm. uh, but also like you say, driving the whole thing forward. Like um, I never felt like I was standing still through this. Like it really is one of those, uh, you know, a freight train out of control kind of stories. It just barrels forward. A lot happens that I didn't expect to happen so fast, and most of it is served through the narration from the characters. Yeah. How about artistically? Did you like what uh, Opina and Hollingsworth had going on here? It was pretty interesting, you know. I mean, it has a distinctly kind of fantasy feel to it. Um, maybe slightly better than most. Yeah, yeah it, it was an interesting mix, like what they have going on. There's a lot of, like I said, really crazy, wild characters and. Mm -hmm insane looking things but it and I mean it's got that that signature Hollingsworth coloring that's just yeah see that's what I feel is a strong point just like the palettes he chose for yeah. certain elements and stuff yeah it's it's really out of control like what he does with a lot of the stuff it mm -hmm. you know from page to page it just the entire color palette goes 180 you know yeah, to just yeah. do insane things um, I think that's definitely one of the stronger points. But Apina's art is pretty cool in here, considering what they're working with. Um, I think a lot of these ideas, probably a lot of the the notes that they were getting from Reminder were pretty fucking out there. You know what I yeah, mean? It, yeah. It's a purple guy with an extra eye and a dude who picks up other people's severed body parts and replaces his with them. And, yeah, you know, like, he's a dinosaur with a metal mouth. Yeah, metal mouth dinosaur. Like it's it's a really sort of bizarre, goofy stuff, and yeah. for the most part, it works. Or what about the fucking flying skeleton guy who plays a flute? Yeah, right. With the fucking evil flautist. It's just really strange choices, but almost all of them end up on the page working pretty good. You know, there's nothing revolutionary in terms of like uh, arrangement, paneling, anything like that. It's all pretty. Pretty, you know, milk toast kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I did notice that there's there's a lot of you know the nine panel uh, usage here. Maybe not all of it, but a whole lot of it uses you know 
pretty standard old school grid style formats. Mm-hmm. Um, it works pretty good for this. You know, it's kind of a weird mix of like Opina's callback. It it reminds me in some ways of like Omega Men in the art side okay. where, you know, it's very fantastical and, and a lot of bright color, but it's also sort of gritty and and got that Watchman style of, of sure. paneling, you know? Standard in certain aspects and really far out in others. Yeah, yeah. which is unique looking, but maybe, um, I don't know, it, it feels sometimes too safe and sometimes a little too busy and hard to follow. Like it, Yeah. I as you were thumbing through this, I forgot about this. These little pages of the journal and stuff, mm-hmm. I thought were like an interesting choice. I mean, there was a lot of uh, like correspondence and stuff when like the cants when we read that, and I really mm-hmm. thought that did a lot to age the story or to aid the story. But like these journal pages, I don't really feel like served the purpose that they could have. Right, and it's also you know? a little bit of a lazy way to do it. Whereas in the Kints, we saw the same thing, but it was over the top of like actual art and paneling, mm-hmm. right? So we were getting like one thing happening, uh, and they were using that same opportunity to set up visually the issue sure. with the narration of telling you know what was being read and they mm-hmm. didn't always match right which was something that we felt was really strong whereas i think was a lost opportunity here because yeah, this moves so fast and this is just used as a device to sort of move it faster in yeah aspects. Yeah, yeah and you get it all bunched up right here so mm-hmm. you either have to sit and just slowly read through it and have nothing to look at and then boom 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 this fast-paced thing yeah or you skip it completely because you're like, uh, whatever, you know, which I can see a lot of people doing. I yeah. I didn't. I read it. but Yeah, I thought about skipping it, and then I was paranoid that I right. missed something. Missed something important. Know, but right. The fact that I wanted to skip it, you know, says something. And I think maybe just the fact that the holds, I mean, we were so, like, sour on the first issue. And mm-hmm. the first issue starts out right. with, you know, two pages of this journal entry or whatever. So... Yeah, when you see it again, you're just like, oh, here we go. Right, you know? exactly. And, I mean, you know... I just, every time I got to one of those, I just read it and was imagining, like, how much better it would be with some sort of setup for what the issue was going to be about, where I didn't have to be reading dialogue, I could be reading this other thing that draws me into the story slowly, you know, Sure. and it would have sort of slowly pulled you in and into the world, and then you could hear, now the story begins, yeah, but instead they, went, transition, with, but they no. went with this lazy, hard transition, which I thought brought the whole thing down you're right Mm. well other than that i think about the only thing we should talk about now is you know how strongly would you recommend this and to who to a sci-fi fan maybe um probably not like the western fans that i could think of because again just with all of the the whole plate of fantastical shit i think they would get turned off pretty quick Mm -hmm. um there's probably a lot of sci-fi stuff I would recommend before this, though. I would, too. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's kind of middling. Yeah, I would probably stick with the Reminder fans from Marvel, from the work he's done there with the Secret Wars and sure. that whole build-up. Uh, it has similar flair to a lot of that. It's the same writer. Or, um, you know, I might say people who really were strong or hard into Omega Men... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can want, see that. want something else with the same kind of uh, zip to it, right? It's 
kind of a similar gig mm-hmm. where it's a lot of fantastical elements, but political intrigue happening, uh, you know, infighting, some violence. You know, it, mm-hmm. I think it checks a lot of the same boxes. It's going to depend on what you got out of Omega Men, but I can definitely see a lot of crossover and interest there. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe people who are interested in reading things that are vaguely religious, you know, yeah. be another mm-hmm. one. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of metaphors for that kind of thing, and sometimes not even metaphors. Sometimes it's like, yeah, yeah. pretty clear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all in all, what out of ten, what would you give it? This is something we've slowly started doing. I don't know where it started, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, six and a half. Yeah. Yeah, probably strong six. Mm-hmm. So pretty much the same. Not not quite a seven, but six and a quarter. You know, encroaching into that area maybe. <laughs> maybe six and three quarters. Six point seven five. Cool. Cool. Yeah, right, that'll well. do it there. Uh check back with us next week. We'll we got more shit coming. Do more things. We yeah. finally have um well I'm just gonna draw that back because I don't know if this one will be first or not. Okay. Will this be next? Which one are we going to put out first? This one or that one? The I'm AMA. all of this in the video. The AMA should be at the end. Okay. You think so? So we got that. Yeah, because that gives me the longest time to edit in all the fucking screenshots of the comments, which okay. is kind of a pain in the ass. Okay. So. Uh, we got things. Later. <laughs>